The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Grab your coffee or your hot tea, put your feet up on your desk and sit back and Listen while I speak with Mike Dorries, who is a professional skip tracer. Mike is um, president and founder of Merlin Information Services and a leading authority on skip tracing and public records research. If you have questions about what a professional skip tracer does, Mike can answer those questions. And you can send them to me at francie at com. Do you need to find a lost relative, uh, someone who is a life insurance beneficiary or possibly a missing heir? Where would you begin? Do you need to find a witness for a case or have a debt to collect or anything like that? Maybe a private investigator that specializes in skip tracing, the process used to describe locating a person's whereabouts. Stay tuned to hear what a skip tracer can actually do for you. Mike Dorries is a California-licensed investigator. He's a founder and president of Merlin Information Services, who is an information data provider located in Montana. Mike is actually a pioneer in the data field and originally revolutionized the investigation industry by offering public records information, uh, originally on a CD-ROM, but now, of course, that's been replaced by online subscriber access. Mike is actually a key player in the public record information provider industry and offers very valuable insights into the many issues currently facing private investigators, particularly when it comes to information private investigators need to assist their clients. Mike does continue to be a hands-on entrepreneur managing the business development for Merlin, overseeing all the new product development, product management, data analysis, and he's a national recognized speaker and leading authority on skip tracing and public records research. I welcome you, Mike. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Francie. Nice to be here. It is nice to have you. Before we start talking about skip tracing, would you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became such an expert in skip tracing? Sure. Uh, well, I actually uh, learned how to skip trace working as the manager of a large process-serving company in Los Angeles, California, back in the mid-'70s. Um, and actually, my first skip tracing was working as a loan officer for Amfac Thrift and Loan, uh, where I did a little bit of skip tracing uh, looking for individuals that owed money. Um, but I really taught myself how to locate people while working for the process-serving company uh, because if we got papers to serve on individuals that had moved, uh, I would uh, 
find those individuals, and uh, we then have a new address to serve them. So I really started skip tracing back in the in the mid seventies. Interesting. That's a long time ago. So when you say process serving, you're talking about serving legal papers to people, such as summons and complaints, subpoenas, things like that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, and then what does Merlin Information Services do? Well, in um, it would have started in about 1989. Uh, I had left the uh, process serving company and started my own investigation agency, actually in the early 80s, probably 83, 84. And then in 1989, I purchased a product called the Phone Disk from a company in Massachusetts that was a very revolutionary CD-ROM product that had national phone listings on it. It was very expensive. I think it was $2,000, uh, but it was the only way to access um, all the phone numbers, all the listed phone numbers in the United States. And I bought the CD-ROM. I actually had to figure out how to put a CD-ROM drive in my computer because mm-hmm. uh, nobody knew how to do that at that point. <laughs> I had to teach year? myself. And um, I took a look at this and said, well, this is really revolutionary, uh, um, and I think I could sell this to other private investigators. I became a reseller of the phone disk product um, and then uh, started looking at other public record databases that we could put on CD-ROM that would help investigators to locate people. Things like professional licenses and property ownership and civil and criminal indexes, uh, that type of thing. So that's what got me started uh, in the CD-ROM business was really selling the phone disk and then uh, finding uh, somebody to invest in this new idea of public record on CD-ROM. And what what year was that again? Well, uh, I started in about 91 um, actually selling the phone disk. And then in 93, Merlin made its first CD-ROM, which was a very esoteric uh, uh, California UCC filings, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a database uh, that was very difficult to access, very expensive to access, uh, basically documents filed with the Secretary of State that indicate a security interest in a, in a loan or a lease transaction. Uh, but it had Social Security numbers in it and addresses and ownership information for businesses, and that was our first product. It would, it would have been early 93. Interesting. We barely had computers in early 93. We didn't have the Internet yet. Right. Uh, if we called somebody a PI and they had the CD-ROM drive, they would buy what we had just because they wanted to use their CD-ROM drive. Right. Because uh, there was really very little out there at that point. Uh, uh, so if, if they knew what CD-ROM was, we had a sale pretty much. Interesting. Well, Merlin is uh, considered to be an online data provider. Uh, is that correct, Mike? Today, uh, we don't sell CD-ROMs anymore. Uh, starting in 97, we started our first website, uh, MerlinData.com, mm-hmm. and uh, we're fully uh, online today. Um, we also do what we call batch processing for our customers, where they'll send us a big file, and we'll uh, process maybe adding phone numbers to a file or, or cleaning up addresses or providing new addresses for individuals in bulk. Uh, but most of our business is uh, what we call transactional online business, people going to our website and running searches. Okay, and so who are your customers? Do you sell information over the Internet to just anybody? No, uh, our, our website is uh, uh, protected in many ways. You have to be a business 
with a legitimate purpose for using our data. Um, most of our data is public record, and really technically we could sell it to anybody. We do have a few protected databases that have uh, information that comes from credit bureaus, uh, that information being mostly uh, social security numbers and addresses. That information is completely protected under federal law, and uh, we don't allow access to that data uh, without uh, doing what we call a site inspection with our customer, potential customer, to make sure they are who they say they are and to make sure they have a legitimate purpose for access. So uh, we are not an open website. Um, it takes uh, about a two- or three-day investigation uh, by our compliance department before uh, a company can even get access to our data. So you aren't the kind of a company where somebody could go online and, and access information like a Social Security number and give them your credit card and get the information? No, absolutely not. You have to go through a, a stringent vetting process uh, before you could get access to that type of information. And uh, each time that one of our customers searches a database that might provide a Social Security number, they have to indicate what their purpose is for that search, and they are subject to an audit uh, at any time by us and our data providers uh, to prove up that uh, that particular search that they ran uh, actually complied with the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and who would your customers be, Mike? Well, today we have a lot of private investigator customers, uh, lots of collection agencies and insurance companies, governmental agencies, um, uh, law enforcement. Uh, we even have some real estate uh, customers, commercial real estate companies, who are not allowed access to Social Security numbers because they don't have a permissible purpose. They're mostly looking to find uh, who owns what property so they can contact them and see if they're interested in selling their property or buying other property. So we do have some non-investigative type businesses, but most of our customers are in either investigations or collections, some activity in those markets. Well, some of our listeners, you mentioned Social Security numbers several times. Some of our listeners might wonder what that has to do with anything uh, concerning locating people. Could you address that a little bit? Sure. Uh, well, Social Security numbers are really um, the only unique identifier um, that's out in the world for individuals. So if I'm looking for somebody named Bob Smith, and all I have is a 20-year-old address on Bob Smith, I'm not going to be able to find him unless I can determine his Social Security number. And um, because there's literally, I believe, in California alone, some 27,000 Robert Smiths. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you knew a birth date, uh, you might be cutting that back considerably. But uh, I'll bet you that there's dozens of Robert Smiths born on each birth date um, in the entire country. So what we do is we use these historical databases that have names, addresses, and social security numbers in them. Our customers do this. Mm -hmm. And they'll uh, run a search by the name and address that they have for somebody, hoping to find a social security number for that individual so they can then run that social security number to see where they are today or at least other information about them. They could determine a birth date. They could determine a middle initial. Um, they may find an, an older address. Maybe he's not at that address. But then from that address, they can talk to neighbors, talk to relatives, talk to landlords, and, um, and locate a current address. So it's actually a crucial piece 
of any skip trace assignment is the ability to find a social security number for somebody if you can't find them, if you, if you weren't provided that number in the first place. Well, this information may make some of our listeners very nervous. Uh, people want their personal information protected. I, I'm sure I do. Uh, you probably do as well. How, how do you address that issue? Well, we make sure that, that our customers have a legitimate, appropriate legal purpose for accessing that information. And uh, they're very small. The number of legitimate purposes uh, under federal law is pretty tight. Um, there aren't very many um, appropriate purposes, but fraud investigations, looking for witnesses is an appropriate purpose under federal law. Um, collection activities is an appropriate purpose. So unless our customers can prove up an appropriate purpose and could withstand an audit, uh, which we do regularly, we do what we call pop audits on our customers, where we'll ask them to provide documentation on a search that uh, where they uh, received a full Social Security number. Um, we ask them to to show us the contract from their customer and to prove the, um, the the purpose for that search. And if it turns out that they did not use the search for a legitimate purpose, they're cut off immediately, and uh, we will never uh, give access to that customer again. Um, for the large majority of our customers, we provide what we call a truncated Social Security number back in our results where we give them the first five numbers of the social so that they can at least, uh, if they already have a social for somebody, they can say, well, yes, that's my guy. And we give them the ability to send back that truncated social to us so that we can run a new search uh, because we know what the full social is. When we send them the truncated social, uh, we keep track of what is that actual social. So the, the, uh, the next search where they come back and send us a truncated social back, we can still run a search at Merlin as if they provided the full social without their ever knowing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very, very uh, stringently protected. Uh, uh, we do everything we can to make sure that uh, our social security numbers are only used for legitimate legal purpose. Okay. Well, this is a good uh, segue to take a break, Mike. You're listening to uh, Skip Tracing expert Mike Dorries. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. 
NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PI's Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. We've been talking about locating people through skip tracing with Mike Dorries, president and founder of Merlin Information Services. And we were just discussing uh, the laws surrounding uh, locating people and providing da- data. And did you have – you were just saying what kinds of permissible purposes there were and talking about the truncated social security number. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that that listeners would be really concerned, even though you said that the – only the partial social is shown, they would be concerned maybe about identity theft. Absolutely, uh, and, and we're very concerned about identity theft as well. Uh, uh, by law, and now it is a federal law, if we end up uh, providing Social Security numbers um, to people who don't, uh, haven't got uh, legitimate access, uh, we call that a data breach or security breach here, where somebody gets into our system that shouldn't be in, uh, we must notify every individual whose Social Security number was stolen. Uh, we have to immediately uh, notify them uh, with a letter. Uh, we would have to uh, provide uh, insurance for them so that uh, should there be any identity theft, that they'd be covered. Uh, we, we provide credit monitoring for them. This is all law now, and uh, we don't want that to happen. And our data providers are very, very strict with us, and uh, we go through massive security audits and compliance audits here on a regular basis from the um, credit bureaus that supply us social security numbers. Uh, we are, um, you know, monitored by the Federal Trade Commission, who um, is notified of any data breach, and we do everything we can to uh, keep 
um, Social Security numbers uh, out of the hands of people that should not have access. Um, and uh, we have a pretty good record that way. Uh, we did have a, a data breach in uh, 2005, um, and it was not a federal law at that point to notify everybody, but we did anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a company that uh, uh, got a legitimate um, account with us. They um, had legitimate business filings in uh, Los Angeles County, uh, tax uh, filings uh, for their business. They were in the phone book. Um, we did not do site inspections in those days, and if we had, we would have caught them because it turned out they were not at the address they provided to us. Interesting. Um, but we ended up uh, changing our compliance methodology considerably and, and really do what we can to, uh, to keep that information uh, out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. And, wh- and with that company, what were they doing? Well, uh, they were um, a classic um, um, identity theft uh, ring out of uh, Nigeria, actually. They would um, um, uh, get credit cards uh, from people, uh, using people's Social Security numbers, uh, get, uh, create new accounts and go out and charge up credit cards on people, that sort of thing. Um, they got caught. Uh, we testified in their trial. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, it was six years in federal prison and then deportation uh, at the end of that. Um, the problem with that, with identity theft, is there's a ton of ways uh, for these individuals to gain information from the public. Uh, and most of it is uh, by getting people, without realizing that they're doing it, uh, people themselves providing their personal identifier information, such as a, a, a full birth date or a mother's maiden name or that kind of thing. Um, that that happens uh, with uh, web uh, uh, email phishing regularly, mm-hmm. uh, people just calling people on the phone. Uh, it is a, a huge problem and continues to be a problem. Um, but um, the data providers understand the problem, and, and uh, even all the legislatures at this point have still allowed us to provide Social Security numbers to small percentages of our customers um, to uh, do um, finding witnesses, finding individuals who, who um, you know, may exonerate uh, somebody who has been in jail for some time. Uh, or find witnesses to an accident or or any number of things. Uh, it's a very important piece of the puzzle that would make locating people for legitimate legal purposes much more difficult if we didn't have access to it. Sure. Now, there's been, over the past 10 years, there's been uh, considerable bills that have been introduced to eliminate using a Social Security number as a unique identifier. And That's right. That, for me, that doesn't make sense because our information is already out there. But what do you have to say about that? Well, you know, I, I understand the the concern, and um, I've testified several times, and uh, um, and you've taught me a lot about that, uh, Francie, yourself, being, uh, being a, a ledge chair for uh, uh, large PI uh, organizations in the country. You know all about this, and and uh, you've testified as well. And we've been able to to so far not uh, have a situation of having this data completely unavailable to us. It has been, um, um, you know, limited considerably by federal law, and the credit bureaus themselves limit it uh, um, without any laws uh, asking them to limit. Um, the, The regulation in the industry itself is very strict, 
who we're allowed to sell to and uh, who gets uh, truncated socials and who can get full socials. Um, they're watching us very carefully, the data providers, because they've got deep pockets and they don't want their social security numbers out in the world. Well, okay. So what do you think about the people that are uh, companies that are selling data online? I can just go to a number of sites just with my credit card. They have no idea who I am and um, try to get information on another person. Well, as far as I know today, there are not any sites out there that will provide back to you a social security number as part as the results of a search. Um, there are many companies out there that have name and address information on um, millions of people that they either sell or some of them give it away. There's all kinds of, of uh, white page companies out there and uh, companies that have name and address data. Um, as long as they're not selling regulated data, I don't really have a problem with those companies. Um, but our professional customers don't use those types of services right. because they don't have the best data, because the best data is regulated, and they charge a lot. Uh, I would just recommend to the folks out there that see these companies, um, you know, advertising online, that you realize that almost anything that's available out there for $20 from, from a data provider that will sell to the general public can be found for free. And look for it for free. Um, it's out there. Run Google searches. Uh, uh, we have a skip tracing department right here at Merlin that has live skip tracers working jobs for our customers. Um, when our customers can't find people or don't have time to find people or, or don't know how to find people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the main things we do is uh, Google searches mm-hmm. and that type of free public record type stuff online because there's a tremendous amount of data free out there. Right, and when you say white page, you're talking about like telephone directory white pages, right? That's right, that's right. Most of the stuff that you're out there paying for is coming from the same types of sources that you can get for free, like white pages uh, or public record data, like property ownership. Um, you know, most of the, of the, assessor, um, um, the, the assessor offices throughout the country have free websites that you can go to to see who owns what particular property or who's paying the taxes on property. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much available. Uh, many, many uh, counties have that now. Um, you know, the, the public record, the data that's out there in, in public record is really available and widely available today. And it's more a question of, of people getting used to the idea that um, there's a lot of information out there about you. And if there's wrong information about you, there are ways to clean that up uh, by going to the public agencies and asking them to fix problems. Uh, there's a great company out there today called Reputation Defender um, that, that um, will, if you have a problem with uh, incorrect information on the web, you can work with them and they'll help you to get that data off of offline. Um, most of the companies that provide data uh, to consumers, um, these websites, uh, I, I really hesitate to name any of them, but there's a ton of them out there that provide name and address and phone number information to consumers, uh, allow what they call opt-outs, where you just send your information into them and tell them that you want your information out, and they'll take it out for you. Hmm. Um, and so it, it's, a tough, it's a tough deal. If, if, you, if you really want 
to be completely private anymore today, um, you pretty much are going to be out of luck. Um, the, 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 the world is becoming much more, um, um, you know, used to the idea that uh, the, there's a lot of information out in the world about you. Uh, and um, it's very difficult to make that all go away. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So um, all of the, well, if somebody had to, had incorrect information, say, for instance, if I got in, incorrect information about an individual from Merlin Information Services, mm-hmm. I can't, that person can't go to you to correct it because you're actually getting it from public records. If it's a public record, then we will tell the individual where the data came from. We'll say it came from the Los Angeles County Recorder's Office, for instance. Oh, I see. uh, The the Superior Court in a particular county. And they can then petition that public agency to remove that information. Um, if If it's private data, like phone information, we buy data from several different Companies that provide us with um, listed phone information. If 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 a customer calls us and says that information you have about me is wrong, we'll just take it out of the data. I see. Um, we're not going to uh, argue with our customer about that. Uh, now, if they call us and say the individual I was looking for, uh, you gave me a phone number for that person and it's wrong, um, we tell them uh, uh, to read their agreement with uh, with us, which says very clearly that we don't guarantee that the data we're selling is correct right. uh, because there's all kinds of errors in public record and people move regularly. Phone number data is outdated right after you buy it and publish it. Um, so we don't guarantee that our data is correct. Uh, but if you have a criminal filing against you that causes you to not get a job, for instance, you're covered under the Fair Credit Reporting Act and you need to be notified by the company that doesn't provide you that job, uh, the reason for that. And if it's uh, because you had a criminal filing and uh, it turns out that that's not you, that you really didn't have a filing, or you had a criminal filing but you weren't convicted, for instance, um, because a an employer who orders a background search on an individual to determine whether to employ them has to look at the file. They can't just look at an index and say, oh, that person was arrested. You can't be denied a job because you were arrested because many, many people get arrested but are not convicted. Right. So the file has to be pulled. They have to look at that file. And uh, if it's wrong, if the data's wrong, it has to be corrected by law. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about this. We need to take a break. Are you looking for a family member who is named in a will or because you are concerned about some personal medical condition? Would you like to know more about someone who does skip tracing right back after a commercial break? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I've been speaking with Mike Dorries. He has the reputation of being able to find just about anyone. And he was just giving us some tips about uh, how to um, correct data if it's incorrect, data is incorrect about us. I'm sorry I cut you off, Mike. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to mention in that area? No, I think that, um, no, I, I got to the end of my thought there, uh, so you didn't cut me off. That was fine. Okay. Uh, I, I was just told by Mike, our engineer, that we have a caller. Uh, hopefully he'll uh, log in here um, in a minute. Um, so what, um, what if somebody doesn't want to be found? Well, you know, there's a lot of good ways to hide if you really wanted to hide. Um, I think it would really depend on how important it was for you to not be found. If you need to change your identity, I mean, just moving from one address to another is is going to be, um, is probably not going to work. There's a lot of ways to locate people out there. Um, without me getting specific, I don't want to help people to hide right. either. Right. Um, but I can tell you that some of the best skip tracers out there have written books on how to hide because they know uh, what's available to uh, help them find people. And if you really want to hide, you almost have to vanish. You have to not contact 
uh, the people that you know, you have to completely change your identity, uh, which is not so easy, but can be done. Um, and, and uh, uh, you know, the good thing is that most of the time the people I'm looking for are not hiding uh, in such a way that uh, that they, they absolutely don't want to be found. They're, they may be avoiding some unpleasantness. It might be a lawsuit, might be a collection agency that's looking for them. Um, the toughest ones are the 20 years of child support type situations where sure. if you do find somebody, they will have a tendency to move uh, once again. And um, so it, it's possible to to stay one step ahead of a of um, you know of the people looking for you, uh, but if a client has unlimited resources, if one of my clients hires me to locate somebody and has unlimited resources, very good chance that I'm going to be able to find them. Okay, all right. Well, I believe Ed from Georgia is on the line with us. Ed, are you there? Talk to you. It's first time I'm listening to your show. Sounds like it's a great show. Thank you. I did have a thanks. I did have a question though. Uh, as far as skip tracing, how uh, are there any uh, open databases besides the uh, phone books for overseas? That's a uh, good question. That is a good question, and and uh, it's very difficult to locate people overseas. Uh, Normally, I'll hire somebody, if I need to find someone in another country, I'll hire somebody who knows how to uh, run the gauntlets in, in, um, in these other countries. Most countries' public record um, is not as easily available as it is here in the United States. Most of the other countries in the world um, make access to their data very difficult. You need to know somebody inside the government or know somebody who knows how to get access to that stuff. Um, I have never um, taken the time or effort uh, to become an expert in overseas data because almost all of my jobs that I get um, and my customers are all in the United States. Um, and we're lucky to a certain extent that uh, the um, the Freedom of Information Act, which is a federal law, and each state has its own Freedom of Information Act, makes access to public record uh, available to anybody who wants to look at it um, to protect us from the government having data that we're not allowed to look at. Um, there are certain um, databases in the government area like tax information that is not public, uh, but documents that are filed at public agencies are available to us and really should be. It's, uh, it's, um, uh, it's in the Constitution that we're allowed to see that stuff, and the fact that we do have such um, open access here in the U.S. Uh, is, um, is a privilege, actually. It is a privilege. Oh, great. Thanks for your time. Thank All right. you. Great Thanks show. for calling in, Ed. Mm, bye-bye. And we have another uh, caller. Let me just read this to you. Uh, this is from Brian from Florida. In the past, one of the best ways to confirm an individual is residing at an address was to confirm a telephone listing at that address. More and more people have cell phones, which make this method somewhat obsolete. Aside from noting homestead property tax exemptions, what, in your opinion, is a good way to confirm that this, the person resides at a specific address? Very good question, and really an advanced skip tracing technique, which is verification of an address before you provide it back to your client. Um, and a good skip tracer is always going to verify the address first. Um, you could verify that address. Maybe there is no phone listing at that particular address that you think your subject is at. 
uh, but you may be able to find the landlord of that uh, property, for instance. Uh, in public record, you can find who owns that property. The landlord may have a listed telephone. You could call the landlord and ask them if, uh, if the subject lives at that address. Uh, you could call neighbors uh, and ask the neighbors uh, if that individual lives at that address. Um, you can send a letter to the post office for a forwarding address, um, which is legal under uh, the uh, postal regulations as long as you have legal documents to serve. And the post office will verify if an individual has moved or is still receiving mail at that address. Um, so there, there are several ways. Sometimes it may take knocking on the door. Um, if, if I have a client who hires me to locate somebody so they can serve them with a legal document, my best guess may go back to them just telling them, I think he's at such and such address, go see. Um, because really the best way to verify an address is to knock on the door. Sure. Yeah. The, the, the simplest. Checking the simplest, directory assistance the most for knocking on the door. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mike, for answering that. Now, back to... Um, if you were locating somebody that doesn't want to be found, I'm thinking that particularly this may happen when somebody has given up a child for adoption. So do you have a policy about providing information to your client about the person you're actually seeking? If, if I'm seeking, um, for instance, uh, biological parents, mm-hmm. for instance, Yes, um, in a situation like that, and we do get calls like that fairly regularly, uh, first of all, there are investigators out in the world that specialize in this form of, um, of locate, of investigation, uh, that have access uh, to data and understand uh, how uh, adoption records work, and, and each state has its own laws about uh, what, what information is available regarding an adoption. So generally, I will refer a job like that to uh, a specialist in adoption locates. Um, when we have done jobs like that in the past, and we have done several over the years, um, we will tell the individual that we will go look for their parents, uh, their, their biological parents, for instance, or if it's the parents looking for the child, uh, we'll go look for those people. But if we find them, we're going to provide them with your information and ask them if they want to contact you, they can. Uh, because I don't know if they're interested in being found or not, and it's not my job in a situation like that uh, to provide uh, whereabouts information about somebody to uh, an individual where that uh, person may not want their information provided. Mm-hmm. And there's no that. legal legitimate purpose there. Uh, that's a personal issue. Sure. And have you run into that? Have you run into somebody that you were looking for that um, didn't want to be found? Absolutely. Yes, there are situations like that uh, uh, where um, we've provided information, uh, you know, to the person we found, and they've uh, very specifically told us, do not under any circumstances let this person know where I am. Um, And then we will not. We absolutely won't. If you come into my office and you tell me you're looking for an ex-girlfriend, that's a red flag right away. Uh, we don't want to be involved in, in anything uh, that could turn out getting somebody hurt or, or having to have a reunion with somebody they don't want to be reunited with. And we will tell that individual that I'll, I'll be happy to find your ex-girlfriend, but I'm going to give him your phone number, I'm going to give her your phone number. Uh, and uh, most of those go away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're not. Uh, that's not the kind of work that a, that any legitimate skip tracer wants to do. Uh, it's dangerous and uh, something that you want to avoid. Sure, sure. Well, that makes sense that you're so conscientious about it. Well, tell me a, a, a situation that you felt was a total success where you were looking for someone and found them. Well, um, an interesting situation which happened recently where, where one of our customers located a witness uh, was an incredible success. Uh, uh, this is a pretty famous case. The man's name was John Stoll, mm-hmm. and he... Um, was uh, convicted uh, of child molestation in Kern County back in the 80s, along with approximately 30 other individuals who were believed to be uh, a ring of child molesters in in, um, in Kern County. And all of these people were convicted. All of them denied uh, that they did anything, but were all convicted. And um, most of them over the years... Um, had been let out of jail because it was proven they did not do what they were uh, convicted of. Uh, but John Stoll was in jail for actually for 20 years. Mm-hmm. He was one of the last ones to be released out of this group. A couple of them died in jail during this time. But uh, John Stoll uh, went to the uh, Northern California Innocence Project, uh, which is a great organization, and there are several of these throughout the country, um, and um, brought his case to them, and they hired investigators, and the inve- one of the investigators was a Merlin customer who was able to locate a witness who was a young man at the time of the trial, I believe he was seven or eight years old, who had testified that John Stoll had uh, molested him, and our investigator was able to locate him, uh, I believe he was in Idaho uh, when she found him, went and visited him. Um, he was located using Merlin's data, which included Social Security numbers, and I'm sure helped in that uh, particular investigation. She knocked on his door and uh, and spent a couple of days with him where he told her the true story of what happened and how he was uh, essentially coached into uh, testifying against uh, Mr. Stoll. Then Mr. Hold, Stoll had never done thought. anything let's to Let's hold him. that thought because I want to come back to that. Sure. Are you, are you looking for a family member who's named in a will or because you are concerned about a personal medical condition? Um, or are you? do you know somebody that uh, needs assistance that's been charged with a crime? Don't go away. More from Mike Dorries and Skip Tracing in a couple minutes. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basili, radio to thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. We're talking to Mike stories from Merlin Information Services, and we were just discussing a, a case, a California case, uh, that involved a man by the name of John Stoll, who was convicted of child molestation in the early 80s, served 20 years in prison, and was released due to the work of Sheila Klopper, a private investigator in San Jose, California, with the assistance of Merlin Information Services. Uh, and and as Mike was just saying, Sheila did go to visit a young man who had originally testified when he was very young and um, said that he was told what to say and was uh, manipulated by, uh, I believe, by the prosecution. Since that happened and since John was released, uh, there's been a lot of information out there about him. He's been on, uh, the story's been on 48 Hours. It's been uh, a documentary called Witch Hunt, and John actually received a settlement from the state of California for wrongful conviction, and he also settled with Kern County, which is the county he was convicted out of. His case went through the, uh, as Mike said, the 
Southern California Innocence Project, which is an arm of Santa Clara University in San Jose, California. Um, as he said, many there are many innocence projects across the country. They are barraged, barraged with requests for uh, looking at factual innocence. But in John's case, it was proven that he was factually innocent, and through the great work of Sheila Clopper and Merlin Information Services and Mike Dorries, uh, she was able to locate this young man who then went to Bakersfield, California and testified, and John was released. It's a great story. And Absolutely. You had uh, another situation that you were talking about, a previous show also involving Sheila Clopper, by the way, um, a show where a man was uh, located um, that was located, who had been on the run for 38 years. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. This is an amazing story, and uh, coincidentally, uh, the same individual, um, this time not through the Innocence Project, but as a as a private investigator hired by uh, the family of an individual who had been murdered um, many years ago, I think in the early 50s, um, by a young man in um, uh, Great Falls, Montana, um, the young man went to jail uh, for 10 years, was let out of jail on parole, and disappeared when he was paroled, and um, was never found up until last year when um, the grandson of the individual who was murdered found that individual's Social Security number, once again, uh, in some papers uh, of, of his family, and decided to see if he could locate this guy, because he knew that he was on the run and wanted to learn uh, the rest of the story. He hired uh, uh, Sheila Klopper and I believe a couple of other investigators uh, to see if they could find him, and they were able to locate this individual using a different name, working as a uh, justice of the peace, I believe, or uh, I guess that he was uh, uh, doing weddings. Oh, he in, would, yeah, he was, had a wedding chapel and he was a notary. There you go, a wedding chapel and a notary. About 70-year-old man in Arizona, um, Sheila hired an investigator to go to take a look at this man to see if he could possibly be the guy. And um, they had uh, some information about a tattoo that this man had. Uh, the tattoo was there. Uh, the law enforcement was called, and the man was uh, arrested and uh, is now back in jail after being on the loose for 38 years. Right. Quite an amazing story, and uh, I know that you talked about this on one of your shows, and, and uh, I'm sure this is going to end up as a 60 Minutes or, or one of those um, you know, segments as well. Uh, because uh, law enforcement took a lot of credit for all this. Of course, they did nothing except go pick him up at the at the uh, end after the private uh, investigators found this guy. Um, but still, an amazing story and another really good um, you know evidence that um, being able to search by somebody's social security number can find people that you would he'd never been found if we weren't able to connect up a couple of aliases that he'd use with his social security number. Yeah, that's very true. And let me just mention the other people involved. This was a subject of the show called Hiding in Plain Sight. The other two investigators besides Sheila were Patricia Shaughnessy and Patrick Cody out of Arizona. And the grandson's name is Dr. Clem Pellet and Pellet and he is out of uh, Washington State, where he is a oral surgeon, and he was the grandson that uh, 
initially found the documentation and found the social security number and was able to uh, evidently talk to a friend of his who was an attorney that recommended that he hire Sheila Clopper. Ah, and okay. that's how that came together. So Great. those three investigators did a great job, and Patrick Cody is the one who actually went out to um, this man's uh, property and is a former chief of police and uh, recognized that this probably was the guy. It looked like the tattoos, even though they were covered with something else, it looked like he was looking at the right thing and called law, called law enforcement, and he was picked up. His parole was revoked. He actually absconded from parole. His parole was revoked, and he is now serving time. Another five years, I believe, it is in prison, yeah. and I think he's 78 years old. There you go. So it's a, it's a great story. Justice is done, and that's often what private investigators do is it is, they assist with a legal process where information is valuable and needed. Absolutely. In fact, most identity theft is investigated by private investigators because law enforcement just doesn't have time to deal with it. And well, it is the case that uh, almost all the work that private investigators do uh, is um, has to do with a lawsuit or, or at least they're hired by an attorney. There's not a lot of this following of, uh, you know, X, XYs and all of that stuff, uh, uh, not nearly as much as the TV shows would like to make you think. I know. Everybody thinks that's, that's what private investigators do, but uh, that isn't the majority of it. Well, we are um, just almost out of time here. It has been a real pleasure talking to you, Mike, and um, telling people how, how private investigators do things. If you are interested in knowing more about skip tracing or locating people for a legitimate purpose, contact Merlin Information Services at www.merlindata.com or the other sponsor of PIs Declassified, which is IRB Search. Information on both of these companies can be found at www.pisdeclassified.com. If you're interested in being a sponsor or knowing someone who is, contact my producer, Johnny Cabrera, through voiceamerica.com. This show and all other shows are available 24 hours after the show airs on Voice America archives by the month they are saved. Tune in as we declassify more real stories from real investigators every Thursday morning, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.